Damon. Hello, Jeremy. How are you today? I'm doing excellent. Well, that's what you think. Someone could have come and wrapped your mind around their finger. And I've got just the person who could do it, but for good, Leanne Lawrence is our guest today. Leanne, how are you? Hi. Very well, thank you. Leanne is a medical doctor from New Zealand who mid-career found herself benefiting from hypnosis for issues in her own life and now uses hypnosis for her patients and beyond. We met a couple of years ago at a surf and Spanish language school in Mexico, where she used hypnosis to help cure me of seasickness. And I've since used audio from an app she developed to relax to sleep and other nifty tricks. I'll share those stories a little later, but I wanna start with you first, Leanne. Just as quick background, what is your medical career? What's your training and practice prior to hypnosis? I'm trained as a GP. I'm from UK. I moved to New Zealand 10 years ago. And since I've been in New Zealand, I've been focusing on the use of hypnosis for health improvement. One of the motivators is people coming in with problems that the usual medical techniques are simply not helping. How did hypnosis come into your life? It happened first as a patient yourself, am I right? That's true. So difficult times, I guess, stress and desperation up against the wall, literally a leaflet blew into my hand for hypnosis. (laughs) I thought, well, what have I got to lose? I'll give it a try. So I found myself in the hypnotist's office and his speciality at the time was snoring cessation. I hope you're not going to tell many people about this. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be a problem of mine. So female snorer. And I said, oh, I wonder if you could help me with this stress. But at the same time, can you do the snoring thing as well? You know, two for the price of one. And he says, yeah, sure. And he did. And it is difficult to quantify stress improvement, although I was convinced. But snoring, you either do it or you don't. And I didn't anymore. And I thought, this doesn't fit any of my medical training. What's going on here? And from that point, I've studied it. I don't know if ferociously is the right word, but fascinated in what else it can help people with. You started bringing it to patients as you were studying it. Can you share some of the issues that it helped address? Sure. One of the big things I use it for is stress reduction, including PTSD. So there's some very rapid hypnosis techniques to take the heat out of the memory, as it were, for somebody, which I don't think talk therapy does so well. As somebody relaxes, their body chemistry actually changes. And so You can use it for blood pressure, improving their ability to fight infections, which could be quite topical at the moment. There are 
1,400 reactions that we know about that shift in a positive direction regarding healing of the body when somebody goes into positive relaxation, hypnosis. What were some of the issues that relaxation brought comfort, relief, or even cessation for patients of yours? Just so people have a sense of the range of what hypnosis can address. That's a big question. I feel it's huge because those reactions actually alter the body chemistry, which is how your body functions on a day-to-day basis. So I think if you look at me, say before I discovered hypnosis, without being aware of it, I'm living in stress, but it feels normal because that is normal to me. But the healing areas of the body are turned off if the body is in stress. So you'll miss out unless you find the time to positively relax. You're missing out on the healing, cell maintenance, immune improvements. It's like a property. If you fail to maintain it, it doesn't show for perhaps a few years. If you lose a roof tile, that's okay for a little while. But then if there's just this gradual, faster decay compared to the property that is well-maintained. When people come into your office, what are the problems that they are saying they have that hypnosis is helping with? Well, first of all, I'm a medical doctor, so I have to satisfy that part of my contract and do all the medical doctor things. So until that's done, I can't go off script, as it were. But if there's time, then we'll, I'll talk about the benefits of hypnosis and perhaps even do some for somebody, give them some demonstrations to help them understand how important it is. So are these people with heart disease? Are they people with acne? Are they pregnant or parenting women? What's the situation when they come in the door? So if we talk about the person with heart disease, stress reduction will help moderate their blood pressure, will take extra load off the heart. It will turn on their healing. It's multifaceted, the benefits they can get. And I did work with a friend of mine who, well, she didn't tell me, but she was due to go on dialysis. They'd actually fitted the fistula. She literally on Monday, she was due to go on dialysis. So we started some work in positive relaxation, talking about her kidneys improving and turning up the ability like a volume switch, the improvement. And her kidney function bounced back. She didn't need to go on dialysis. It gave her a few extra years of not being tethered to machinery. That's a really powerful example. I've got my own, but Damon, how does this strike you? And what's your experiences with hypnosis, either for yourself or people you serve or know? You know, it's interesting. Just hearing you speak about positive relaxation and framing it that way. I did a quick body scan. And just by offering that as a concept to myself in the moment, I actually felt an even more relaxed state kick in. And my line of work is more around high performance and really getting people to 
learn how to function without triggering the fight flight system as a starting point for our ability to cultivate more awareness of what state we are in. So I use a lot of breathing, a lot of movement, visualization, these sorts of things as well. And on a personal level, having also gone through bouts, larger bouts of stress and trauma induced from life situations, I was one that would pull the blood pressure gauge out and immediately get triggered and the score would be high and and, and just this fear of, oh no, I'm going to have to go on meds. And I, I turned not necessarily to hypnosis, but more to meditation to begin that process of allowing myself to unwind. I guess the questions that I have are around competency. I am somebody that can do a relaxation script with a client. I am not formally trained in hypnosis per se. How accessible is this as a trade tool? And can you unpack why you are calling this positive relaxation? And is there a difference between positive relaxation and just relaxation in general? Thanks for the question. When I'm talking about hypnosis and you're talking about meditation, I think in many ways we're talking about the same thing, the same space. A lot of us, this space is not new to us. All of us pass through it on the way to sleep, but it depends what you do in that space. So if you're worrying, then things can go the wrong way. So this is why I'm very keen on positive relaxation to make things go the way you want, really. Mm -hmm. So I think hypnosis and meditation are the same. For, for me, I prefer a guided meditation rather than freestyle, because it helps somebody come away from their usual thoughts quicker. If somebody was meditating on their usual brain space, they might not create a big enough shift for them to notice. Mm. So I'll often see that with meditators is I don't think the, pro the progress is often in the right direction, but not very rapid. Mm -hmm. So it's like giving a meditator for me a bit of guidance to, yeah, like having a map, isn't it? Mm. I remember you had this very compelling analogy when we were first talking about this, Leanne. You said, what do drugs do? They don't change your body. They alter how your receptors receive information. And hypnosis does the same thing. It's meditation with a guide. And I thought about that and it made perfect sense. <laughs> and I'm sure there are loopholes and quirks, but I said, let's give it a rip. And the situation you know, that we were in was we were trying to learn to surf uh, at this school together and everyone had their own issues. The younger people mainly, they were partying pretty hard and then they had to get up early and try to surf. Uh, slightly older people were getting plenty of sleep, but the body wasn't always cooperating. And for me personally, I had this very embarrassing situation where I was getting seasick on the surfboard because you think of surfing as sailing with the wave, but a lot of it's actually just bobbing, waiting for the wave to come. And so I would not just bob, but unfortunately barf. <laughs> and that was not helping my surfing. And you said, well, I, I think we can work on this with hypnosis. And after three, four days of misery, of course, what do I have to lose? And I remember you had 
as you said, a guided instruction. Close your eyes, take a deep breath, raise your arm, resist this push, say your name, try again. And these weren't hypnosis itself. As I understood it, they were testing my responsiveness to hypnosis. And what you told me is that being skeptical has no influence on susceptibility. You can believe it or not. That doesn't matter. About 20% of people are just naturally good subjects for hypnosis. 20% are really difficult and everyone else is in between. And you told me, maybe this was just flattery or positive reinforcement. You said, I can already tell you're going to be a good subject. Mm-hmm. Is that a typical intake for you? Yeah, it sounds awesome. I sound awesome the way you see me. <laughs> Thanks for that, Jeremy. <laughs> Thanks for trusting me because it is important to have someone you trust to work with. And thank you for giving me that trust. Well, I don't remember what happened next, which is pretty funny. <laughs> I just remember, as you were saying, I was extremely relaxed. You smoothly, gently, soothingly, encouraging me, had me sit. Ease my muscles, breathe deeply, picture pleasant things. And then every once in a while, you'd return me and mine to the moments in the waves where I felt myself becoming sick. And you did what almost feels like a energy practice where you gathered or spun together or threw away my queasiness and replaced it with this bright serenity that you taught me to conjure with an exhale or a fist squeeze or a short little mantra. And 10 minutes later, I was up and at him. Again, is that the course of action once the hypnosis begins? Yeah, I, I like to think of it as going into settings on your phone and going deeper and deeper until you find the one switch that needs flicking. And then the settings are to your liking. And at least for me, I went out the next day, tested the waters, I'm bobbing in the waves, I'm squinting in the sun, and I feel fine. Oh, awesome. Maybe it's day four and just the first three days are getting my sea legs, or maybe it was our 10 minutes, but it was remarkable. I mean, I remember you telling me about someone you led to quit smoking, similar to the way you quit snoring. And they came in after three years and said, I stopped working. I started smoking again. And (laughs) you just had to laugh if I'm remembering the story right, because it's like, yeah, I worked with you for an hour and that made you quit smoking for three years. And now in half an hour, we can give you another three years, like the (laughs) dialysis. So the skepticism people apply to this, whereas the credulity they apply to extremely expensive and often ineffective medication and other modalities is striking to me. So I decided to be a lot more open-minded after that. I came home. You had decided to take this to the masses. You developed an app. I wore a groove in the relaxed to sleep exercises, but you have other ones for power napping, balance, breathing, creativity, pain, and gratitude. And I know you've even done specific work for pregnant women to assist in childbirth. So where do you see the limits, if any, of how this can be applied? I think we're living in very exciting times with the growing awareness of knowledge. And there's so much it can assist with from turning off that automatic fight and flight response that Damon deals with 
to dramatic health improvement, avoidance of diseases, and delaying aging factors. I think that's a pretty big deal. Hmm. Yeah. If I think about the main issues that people come to me with, they're either in the high-functioning sport world or the high-functioning business world. And the sport world, it's often around performing under pressure and dealing with the stress of choking and not playing at the level that they want to. And the business world, it's a lot about the, as you say, we're living in an exciting times. And I think it's starting to become part of the lexicon of high performance that recovery is so important. And it's really hard for some of these people to shut off. And as we know, leads to burnout and all these other health manifestations that you're talking about. In terms of when we go into the settings, so much of how we react in, in the world is unconscious. So much of what triggers us and so, so much of what we're screening for out there is happening without our ability to be aware of it. So that place that we're heading to during sleep, where our brain waves are shifting and going into that period where we're letting go. Is that the place that you're accessing and and having that conversation with? And then with my two examples of deep recovery and then also the ability to perform and break a program that has been debilitating, are those also areas that you see relevance in you know using hypnosis? Yeah, I think we're talking about the same thing, Damon. I think you are a hypnotist. You're just calling it something different. <laughs> All right. She, she's got you. She's hypnotizing you right now. She's turned you in not into a chicken like they do at the college hypnotist shows and they make people walk across the stage and, and balk and do flips. She's made you into a hypnotist on I'm, air. I'm putting it on my CV as we speak. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I would love some practical application in this, and it would be really fun to explore some of your scripts. And also, I'd love to, through my own practice, access your app and, and see about adding this to my own personal life, not necessarily as a practitioner either. I'm sorry I have to disappoint you. I did put the app up because I wanted to bring this to people. But unfortunately, it failed. Obviously, being a medical doctor in New Zealand, income isn't the prime motivator, and <laughs> it just wasn't properly funded. So I'm going to send one of my hypnosis meditations for Jeremy to put on this podcast, I understand. Mm. We'll do a bonus track after this episode. We'll throw an extra one up so people can try it. If you're driving, don't go to the next episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, that's really important. And I'm just actually redoing them all to put them on YouTube so they'll be available for free. Beautiful. Perfect. Can you make people believe anything with hypnosis? Is this responsible for our political divisions? Can it add skills? Can you hypnotize me to be able to do backflips, for example? What are the ethics of hypnosis? What's the field? How do we know how to vet the person that we're going to, because as you said, there's a lot of trust involved. Advertisers use the same technology. And each time you watch a television advert, you're actually in hypnosis. 
wow. being influenced by that advert. Politicians know all about hypnosis too. So uh, yes, it can be used for ill. A small percentage of the population are very susceptible to it. I would say it's better to be aware of it so that what people are, are trying to manipulate you to do rather than not be aware of it. I think awareness is strength and protection. And in addition, it is possible to hypnotize in protection, whereby you just come out of trance if anybody tries to do anything, influence you. And through all my work, I, I find I've been released from making purchases that I would have been felt compelled to make in the past. I'm like released from that influence. So I think knowledge is better than, oh, that's dangerous. Let's put it in a far corner because it is already affecting each and every one of us. What about the skills, Ed? Can you hypnotize me to be a perfect three-point shooter in basketball, for example, or a surfer? We cured seasickness. At that point, it was my problem, but you tell me, what can it do or what can't it do? Can it only do what relaxation can do, or is there even more programming that's possible? Well, you can never say never. I don't think anybody's grown a leg back, but it can help with phantom pain. I think basketball pro, the training starts in utero because <laughs> I believe basketball pro parents, what is it? A child who's got basketball pro parents is 600 times more likely to be a basketball pro themselves. So the baby in utero gets information. The toddler's being taught in a different way to a family the child's being built up from a very young age. So can I catch you up now? Well, we can give it a go if you want. <laughs> you told me you go to an annual hypnotist convention in Las Vegas. Who's there? <laughs> yeah, it's the coolest place. The best people on the planet. I could definitely introduce you to some amazing people. Totally recommend it. Unfortunately, I've had to miss it this year because of COVID. The name of the conference is HypnoThoughts. What is the range of folks there? It's a get-together of therapists. There's some medical people. There are street entertainers. There's stage entertainers. There's mentalists. There's energy workers there as well. All coming together because there's a lot of overlap of the skills and bouncing ideas off each other to improve techniques. You'd love it. That's amazing. I, I I would love to. I might have to drive out to the the, ne the next conference next year. Yeah, I keep thinking about what's under the hood as you talk about all of this and just the programming on a, a brain programming level, where our brain, the way I understand it, is is constantly making predictions about how to dispense the raw materials, whether it's this is the time to dump cortisol or this is the time to beat the heart faster because we're afraid of snakes and we just saw a snake or even we thought of a snake. And it seems like we are within this positive relaxation and hypnotic state allowing some new 
predictions to be made for the brain. Does that resonate on a more of a neurochemical, neurobiological perspective? Many of our decisions are from experience and inheritance and culture and previous interactions and memories. And it's all programmed into the subconscious mind. A lot of that programming happens in individuals under six years old. Hmm. And so 97% of our daily actions are probably not choices, but programs running. It just feels like choice, but we're running the same program. And so if you can break those programs and allow room for change, I think that's the work you're doing, Damon, hmm. then you can create differences in people's lives, huge differences as they step out of the comfort zone. I think that response, that means the usual space, not, not that it's necessarily comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and as a follow-up, you worked with Jeremy for 10 minutes and here he is years later. I don't, Jeremy, you don't, you don't live by the ocean. So it's not something that you've potentially been able to check too recently, but with smoking cessation, one hour equaled three years for this person. Has your training or your experience informed how one may follow up to this? Or is it as simple as let's open up this space for a different type of programming to happen? And then even if the person doesn't necessarily believe it on that 97% program level you're talking about, something changed. Can we nurture the progress and if so, are there some handy tips for how that might happen? These program behaviors are running on uh, neural wires, neural highways. So if we've got a habit, we've got a highway for it. So what we're doing is destroying that highway and creating a new highway to carry the desired change. So it's actually cells pulling back branches and branching out to new cells that, that's happening there. There's all sorts of effects in the brain. It controls everything about the body. Mm -hmm. I mean, in medicine, we used to think the brain was separate to the body. It was taught that way when I went through medical school. Um, and I've even forgotten what I was saying. <laughs> you you let it go. You, you've, you've paid you over the it. highway. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> Thanks for your help, guys. <laughs> How do we build on whatever successes a hypnosis session gives us? I think is what Damon was asking. Oh, was that what he was asking? <laughs> uh, yeah, keep going. Keep it positive. A lot of people will come and they'll get a benefit like not needing the dialysis and then stop and not see, oh, how else can this help me? which puzzles me. <laughs> <laughs> so what's amazing about this is you're saying, no, there's no habit. There's no discipline. Just sit for 10 minutes, open up. If you're one of these 20 to 80% of people that this will work for, then it should work for you and just pick what you want to do and you can kind of color over those spots. That makes it sound like a silver bullet. What are the limits? What are the limits? Well, confidence will get you a long way. So giving you confidence. Uh, I mean, it's 
in life, it's that one meeting. And it depends of your state of mind in that meeting can change your life direction regarding your health. If you're taking the time to rest every day in positive relaxation, then you're giving your body chance to repair every day. And to go back to Damon's high-performance athletes, they're in the gym, they rip their muscles, the new muscle grows back stronger or better or with about the skill they've been training in. But if they don't allow that new muscle repair to happen, then their improvement will be hampered. So high-performance athletes have got to do this work. The gym takes the body to its limit. The improvement happens when they positively relax. When they come back to the gym, they're already better than they were when they left the gym before. Does that make any sense, Damon? It totally does, yeah. And my understanding of neuroplasticity as well, which is, as you were talking about, growing these new neural networks requires some of the agitation and urgency to make a change. And then the focus on how we want to manifest that change, but then this deep sense of rest and recovery, because that is actually when the wiring is going on, when we're in this deeper states of sleep and more positive states, we have the capacity to turn some of those negative superhighways to prune those and to start building inroads with how we're wanting to grow. And you're absolutely right. And you tear that muscle and it comes back stronger. And so I think there's a big misconception around stress. And you touched on stress earlier with within the chronic stress is the one that is detrimental where we're, we don't even realize it's like the that old story about the frog in the water and turned it up one degree and without it even realizing it now suddenly the water's boiling and it does seem like we're living in a a state where we're all in this boiling water but when we can be more intentional about tearing the muscle in terms of the gym or pushing towards a a more optimistic or productive or a, a direction that feels more in line with where we want to go, we're still going to run into stress and urgency and a struggle. And it feels like the way this hypnosis might frame that is, and you said confidence can take you a long ways, is that expectation that, yeah, there will be some of these times when it feels tough but that doesn't necessarily need the brain to sound the alarm and drop all the cortisol in within the system, et cetera. What, where also I got drawn is you, had, you, you really perked up and you, when you said this is a time where there's a lot of positive things going on. Not a lot of people are using that sentence right now. And I'm just wondering where you think this field can go and maybe even drop it into our current environment how can many of us living in these boiling pots of water, dealing with COVID, uncertainty, social unrest, in New Zealand where you are, the inability to travel or have people come in, tourists come in, how do you overlay an optimistic message right now? For me, there's so much positivity to exploring this field and how it can help us on a daily basis from improving relationships, 
what you're doing, really downsetting the baseline stress level that people are living at so that as they bump into those stress glitches, that they're not running near overload. They're running with a much calmer baseline, which gives them more scope to cope. I mean, with the COVID, I I would love to talk to some of the top doctors because obviously cortisol in the body suppresses the immune system and decreases the body's ability to fight infection. So the lower we can have somebody's stress levels, the better their own immune system is at protecting them. I, I want to see it used in hospitals, in intensive care, for the staff. It's a little bit sad that I have this information and I can't yet create improvement with it. Yeah. Can you speak to that briefly as well? The medical community, obviously, it's usually not the fast moving progressive space. Is there active pushback or is it as simple as economics that there's just no money in using a technique like this? This is the cheap, dirt cheap. It, it doesn't yeah. cost anything. <laughs> but recording, how much is that going to cost? And to create the chemical changes in a person's body to reduce, I mean, there's already data out there. It reduces anesthetic drugs. It reduces analgesia costs. There's no doubt it would uh, save a huge amount of money for health systems around the world. But uh, it isn't big business and big business won't give away income easily. Doctors are bound by protocol and massive expensive studies. And it's hard for doctors to look out outside of that. They're literally putting their careers at risk to do that. So as the knowledge grows, and it has grown a lot over the last 10 years, more and more people are ready to open up to it. Yeah, that's why it's exciting. There's a lot of benefit. Hmm. So I heard myself, as I do <laughs> in so many things, in your example of the person who uses it gets a little benefit from it. And then the question isn't, why did that work? It's why don't you seek even more benefit from it? So for someone like me, who doesn't have you poolside anymore, since we're not in Mexico together, or for someone trying to try this for the first time, what are the steps you recommend people take to try this? Is it go to YouTube, search for audio, give it a try? Is it look up hypnotists? Yeah. Is it in the phone book? Is it drive to Las Vegas? What's <laughs> what do you recommend? Okay. Well, there's a lot of free stuff on YouTube. I recommend you run it past your ears. Never when you're driving, of course. Got it. So step one, YouTube, and then the world will open up from there. Yeah. So all you do is run it past your ears. You don't have to acknowledge the words. It's like, have you ever been in a conversation where you've been in the conversation and then drifted off somewhere and then the friend asks you a question? And you're like, uh oh, I didn't hear the question. <laughs> that happens to Damon a lot, never to me. <laughs> if you listen like that, it's perfect. You know, you can listen through first just to make sure the content's acceptable for you and appropriate. And then you can just keep repeating it. It's that easy. Each time you do it, your body will get better and better at creating the improvements. You just get better every time you do it. Well, obviously, have your name in the show. People can look for that as you start posting stuff. 
transition from the app to YouTube? Are there other practitioners you recommend in the space? I have been following John Moyer on YouTube. I would definitely recommend his stuff. Very easy to listen to. M-O-Y-E-R. And Damon, you had one not too far geographically from Leanne that you listen to at least for sleep. Is that right? I do. I listen to Michael Seeley. I don't know if that name rings a bell. I believe he's Australian. And it was turned on to me by a neuroscientist colleague. And he has several scripts, sleep, and some of these habit type things as well. And yeah, without knowing how to measure or gauge the person, it sounds like you're saying, play the script. If it sounds relatively legit and it resonates, then then have a go. Is It, it seems as simple as, as that. It's We're not working with the conscious mind. So you don't have to try to do anything. Hmm. All you need to do is run it past your ears. Mm-hmm. And you see, changes, she's so good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The changes, you see, will just come. Everybody's starting from a different point. So I can't say how quickly it would come for each person. But as that exponential graph starts little, mm-hmm. and then it gets big. The changes get bigger the more you do. And so everyone's going to be somewhere along that graph until the benefits become obvious to you. You can feel the changes. Mm. You're aware of situations where you have the freedom to react differently. You started as a patient. You became a practitioner. How do you keep this up for yourself in your own life these days? Well, I've I've traveled a lot of mileage. I've learned from the masters, uh, a lot of who do attend the HypnoThoughts. I've been involved in different modalities of therapy, which seem to tackle different areas. It's fascinating. And the more awareness, the more it can affect parenting. So children just are naturally given these skills as toddlers once the parents know them. I just see so much potential for improvement. Damon, any final thoughts? I guess my final thoughts are just, it's just so inspiring and so encouraging to hear in this day and age where things tend to be more complex and more volatile, that there are offline tools to practice that can have profound effect on how we are within our bodies and how we are then with our relationship to everything else around us. So I just really appreciate that this is something that is seemingly effortless to participate in, and that there is uh, a field that is growing and that people, even in the medical industry, as it is in your case, and the therapeutic space are starting to understand that this can have a profound effect on on health and on many other things. And so I just love how optimistic you are with where we are within our own awareness in the, this field and in this space. And you're making me feel more connected to using this type of modality within my own practice as well. So thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my passion. 
hope we've hypnotized you all and you can try one of the tapes that Leanne developed originally. The new and improved versions are coming to YouTube, but we'll drop as a bonus track accompanying this episode, maybe relax to sleep. So get cozy with that. And Leanne, thank you so much. Damon and I will see you in Vegas. (laughs) Awesome plan. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Thank you, Leanne. That was fabulous. Stimulus and Response is hosted by Damon Valentino and Jeremy M. Smith and produced by Matt Mullins of Black Rooster Productions. Please rate, review, and share the show. And please join us next time for another stimulating exploration of the best parts and best ways of being human and being alive.